Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another edition of the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM and broadcast live on the internet at www.kword.com. I'm David Reinstrom. My name is David Brunel Brutman. Welcome to our show. Last night, I dreamed that my freezer in, in the apartment that Dave and Ben and I share was full of butter. <laughs> I cannot explain it. I I I opened the freezer. I, this was in my dream. I, I I walked into the kitchen, and I opened the freezer, and it was just stuffed with butter. Every cubic centimeter. Was it was it just solid? Was it butter or was it packages? Sticks, was sticks it, of butter. Were they wrapped or um, were they just? Yes, out they there? were in. They were in the cardboard boxes, like the one por- the one pound cardboard boxes that you get at Schnucks, right? Like the. The 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 blue ones that are that are not salted that are unsalted and then the sort of yellow text the yellow text box on the salted ones maybe it's yeah so they were just one pound boxes of butter <laughs> some of them were open and there were just like sticks of wrapped butter just taking up you know however many cubic meters our freezer holds and and I guess I guess my dream took place during the daytime and so I went I went to talk to you and I was like Dave. Why, you know, why is our freezer full of butter? And you, you did not know. <laughs> so, wait, are are you insinuating that I am responsible for the butter? No, I, I mean, in my dream, I thought you might have something because I didn't buy all the butter. Well, no, I meant in your dream. I, I meant, are you insinuating that Dream David was responsible for your butter? Me, Dream David, or you, Dream David? Me. Dream David. I just looked to you for explanation, but you didn't know either. There was just this mysteriously large quantity of butter. (laughs) That was my dream. Uh, Hello. Welcome to our show. I had to open with that. It was important. It was really bothering me, and I felt like I needed to share it. I think it was very important. I think we all learned a lot. uh, About butter? About butter. So this week on the Theater of the Air, (laughs) our theme is airborne. Yes. Everything... Everything this week takes place in the air or on the air. Well, everything I, I always mean, takes it always place takes on the place air. on the air. But um, good job, dude. thank you. You're so welcome. all of our sketches this week uh, relate to something that is airborne. For example, our first sketch is entitled "Montana Morris and the Pickaxe of Fate," and some of you listeners may remember this one. Uh, it's Begins. It's one of our classics. Yes, it begins in the skies. Right. Begins in the belly of an airship, as you'll see. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, I think we should play the thing. Further ado. Further ado. I said without further ado. Better. So here you are, listeners. Montana Morris and the Pickaxe of Fate. Kick it. Nineteen forty-three, the Himalayas. We join intrepid paleontologist Montana Morris as he fights for his life aboard the Nazi airship Luftwaffe. Is that all you got, Heidi? There's plenty more Nazi punches and kicks where those come from. I'm not letting you take that cursed pickaxe to Imperial Japan, Heidi. You make me laugh, Herr Doctor Morris. You may have been able to thwart Baron von Sturm. But I am made of sterner stuff. I'll say you are, and also a damn side leggier. Oh, thank you, Herr Doctor. But that's not the point right now. <coughs> <coughs> ah. Ah. Jensen, help me out, buddy. She's got me pinned. 
Bork, bork. I'm coming, Dr. Morris. Get off my leg, Scheidenhund. Good boy, Jensen. Bite those perfect gams, but uh, don't leave any permanent scars. Keep her still until I can kick this door open. All right, Jensen. Time to bail out. Uh, well, Heidi, it's been a hell of a clam bake, but I'm afraid it's time for me to go, you fascist fox. If I can't have the cursed pickaxe, no one can. The pickaxe. After it. I don't see it, dog. We're falling too fast. Open the chute, Jensen. Well, this is no good. Don't worry, Jensen. Look, we'll come down by that village there. We'll ask if anyone saw the cursed pickaxe fall from the sky. That seems unlikely, given the inclement weather. Then it's lost. As long as it stays out of the hands of the Krauts. It's cold up here, Montana. Don't worry, boy. We'll, we'll find shelter soon. Braving the cold, Montana and Jensen make their way to the nearby village at the base of a steep and forbidding peak. They enter the village tavern, the Hirsute Ox. Oh. It is nice to be inside. Come on, Jensen. Let's get something warm. Hey there, barkeep. My dog and I would like something to eat. Oh, there, Outlander. How came you to speak our language? I once spent four months locked in an Argentinian naval brig with a Sherpa gunrunner. What have you got to eat around here? Very little. Why is that? Well, there's plenty of raw food, but the kitchen's got nothing to cook it with. Someone's made off with a ghee. No! What's a ghee? Yak butter. We think it might have been students from the school. What school? The Shaolin Kung Fu Monastery atop the peak. The Shaolin Monastery? This far west? Charter school. Ah. The students have always protected us in times of dire need, but I fear something has changed. No kidding! How does one get to this monastery? Look, in light of recent events, I don't think it's smart to discuss this out in front of everyone. Meet me out back. Why do we want to go see a monastery, Dr. Morris? I have a feeling that our pickaxe is in that monastery. And how do you know that, Dr. Morris? Because I'm an ace paleontologist, Jensen. Now all we need to do is get inside. Soon! It smells down here. Are you sure this will work, Montana? We'd be tied to the underside of a yak if I weren't sure. Now be quiet. They're opening the doors. <coughs> All right, we're in. Time to go do some snooping. Shh. Over here, Jensen. What is it, Montana? I found the Shaolin Master's study. If the monks found the pickaxe, it'll be in here. And if he's not in, there's hardly any chance of us being... Discovered. Crap. We must attack them! Yeah, here to kill the master! Oh no, we've been surrounded by a dozen Shaolin monks. But don't worry, Jensen, I've seen this before. The more martial arts experts that surround a hero, the more easily they are dispatched. Eat this, Outlander! A visually stunning fight erupts! Montana is promptly knocked unconscious. Dr. Montana? Yes, yes. I think we need to find a new line of employment. 
One that doesn't involve us getting tied up all the time. Well, give it some serious consideration, Jensen. It looks like the buck stops here, Dr. Montana Morris. Who are you? And how do you know my name? You dropped your wallet when we knocked you unconscious. Well played. Now take this damn blindfold off. I want to see who I'm talking to. It's you! Yes, it is. Who... who are you? I am Deng Feihu, master of this monastery. You've got... you've got a strangely familiar pickaxe embedded in your skull. It must have fallen right into your head. Must... break... free... I wouldn't try to take it, Morris. Inspiration has fallen from heaven, and my students have benefited. They've only benefited from the evil in that pickaxe. The thing is cursed, Master Dang. You must remove it from your head immediately. It's poisoned your mind. That seems unlikely. Through the inspiration... Curse? Shut up. ...of this holy relic, I have learned a secret ritual that will increase my strength a hundredfold. Someone get me down from here. I'm going to bite his ears off. They don't blindfold the dog, now do they? Hey, Dr. Morris, you got your nail file? Yes, I'll try and get us free. Acolytes, prepare the bath of key. What is he doing? Raise the giant walk. They're going to pour that hot yak butter over the master's head. You fool. Get out from under there. You'll be killed. Not likely, Morris. When I combine this yak butter and the power of the pickaxe embedded in my head, I will become more than a mere man. I will assume the form of the mighty Mastodon. Once I am transformed, I will feast upon your flesh, Morris. And finally, I can bring iron tusked stability to this entire continent. A golden age of imposed tranquility. I can almost smell it. I think that's the gi. Sirens! Go, my students. Pour the hot butter. Don't do it! Rawr! Dear God, it's too horrible to watch. Yes, yes, the power, the power, the power! He, he's become a hideous beast. He is enormous. But we're free. Let's get out of here, little buddy, while he's distracted. Think you can restrain me with your trunk, do you? Well, apparently you can. Save yourself, Jensen. Jensen is gone. Has he abandoned me, my oldest and most Swedish friend? I mean, we've been adventuring together for 14 years. That's 56 in dog years and 2 billion in Australian red thorax gnat years. Getting hot in here. Bork, bork! Jensen, old buddy, old pal, you didn't abandon me. No, Dr. Morris. I just went to turn up the monastery's thermostat. Good work, Jensen. With the increased heat, the Mastodon will go extinct. What? No! He's back to normal. And the pickaxe fell out of his head. What happened? I remember something falling from the sky. Let us put this cursed pickaxe where no human can get it. Why am I covered in butter? 
Let's head back to town, charter a plane, and throw it on top of Mount Everest. No human will ever set foot there. Well, who are you people? I'm Montana Morris, and this is Jensen the Dog. Did they just jump out the window? Yes, sir, I, uh, I think they did. Master Dang? Yes, my son. That, uh, Mastodon thing, was that some kind of test? Test? Uh, yes, it was a test, and you all passed. Good, good job, students. Very, very well done, yes. I'm proud. The great Buddha is proud of you. Another paleontological abomination averted by Dr. Montana Morris. By Warbots. And you are listening to KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. This is the KWUR Theater of the Air. And now we're going to take a short musical break. We'll be right back. Back here on the K-Word Theater of the Air. That was pretty this rock. Is, <laughs> it was. Uh, this is KWUR 90.3 FM Clayton. I'm David Reinstrom. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And this is the KWUR Theater of the Air. I already said that. I know. I've, I've been a fool. So actually, we were thinking uh, initially that our, our butter reference <laughs> in the beginning of the show would was be totally random. Nothing, yeah. 
But uh, as it turns out, it was surprisingly apropos. Yes. Given the content of... Given the, the great quantities of ghee. Right. Ghee. Right. I was trying to aspirate it properly. You're, you're always trying to aspirate things properly, David. Airborne is the theme of this week's show. And, yes, it is. Uh, lots of things are airborne. Right. Like butter. Sometimes. And pickaxes. And sometimes sky pirates. Yes. Maybe. Because, you know, they're in the sky, so they have to be airborne for that reason. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're in the sky. Was that a good explanation? I think so. Sky Pirates, it's one of our original series. And we have episode three, hot and steamy, for you. From yes, our, we do. From our warm, cupped hands, we present it like a piece of fresh bread. Take the bread. Put butter on the bread. The desert plains of Afghanistan. A pack of wild horses kicks up dust as it races across a plateau. Thousands of feet above, the moon hangs dull and yellow in the black sky, and a spiny floating fortress scuds by like the shadow of an evil thought. Evil thoughts like the ones that lurk within the brain. Mm-hmm. Of Baron Klaus von Grupp. Good evening. Baron von Grupp. The master of the Death's Head, that aerial citadel, pours over some secret plans and blueprints in his study. Yes, they're very secret. Yes, but... But nothing. Secret plans go away. <laughs> Engrossed as he is in his schemes, the Baron neglects to hear the approaching, angry footfalls of his patroness, the elegant and furious Lady Magdalena. What? Good evening, Klaus. My Table. I think it should be evidence that I am displeased with you. You stabbed my table. You have not been forthright with me. Lady Magdalena, this table is Brazilian mahogany. There. Now listen. Don't wave that knife in my face, Magdalena. This isn't an interrogation. Magdalena grabs him by the collar. That's where you're wrong, Von Grupp. You will not cross me. You will not lie to me. You will not conceal your plans from me or so help me. I'll string you up and gut you like a Christmas pig. Well, I see you have the advantage here. But with your knife and everything. I want to know what's been going on, Klaus. What have you been developing behind my back? Please, allow me to show you. Baron von Grupp taps a button under his desk with his foot. A hulking metal monster emerges from the shadows and wraps its steely limbs around Lady Magdalena. Ah! Uh, see, this is what I mean. As you can see, I've been working on a few, uh, designs. A metal man! Put me down, you brute! Bladebot, put her down, please. Okie dokie, Baron. Thank you. Her name is Bladebot. Bladebot has no gender. Be modern, do. Why does it sound like a cute little girl? A glitch. But I like it that way. You've been building robots. Guilty as charged. You raided that casino with robots? Yes. Not mercenaries. Robots are better than mercenaries. Robots are better than anything. You're an odd duck, Klaus. You know that, getting into this. Why Bladebot? <clears throat> if you would, please. Ah. The mechanical creation's fingers and elbows suddenly sprout dozens of hard, fine-edged steel spars, some at the wrists, well over a foot long. Honestly, I'm surprised you could keep this a secret from me for so long. 
I'm surprised you discovered me so quickly. <laughs> you see right through me. From a basket on his desk, Grupp picks up a soft-fleshed and fragrant peach. George's finest. Might I offer you one? Is this a test? I guess it's a trust exercise. Do you dare to eat a peach? Oh, don't start me on American poetry. I mean it. Do you have faith enough in me to know that I haven't, say, poisoned this thing? I mean, considering it's been on your desk for a while. I figure, yes. But in principle, no. Not really, at this point. The robots are experimental prototypes. I plan to sell them to the Wehrmacht once they are fully functional. Ingenious. It is the future of warfare. Such a messy business to begin with. Blood is sticky. Klaus! Fritz! Bladebot, go be inconspicuous. Yes, sir. Magda, swear you won't say a word of this to Fritz. Bite the peach. Mm. Have some. Do. It's a deal. What's this? Oh, is I interrupting the two little lovebirds and their little picnic? Oh, no, the absolutely not. Please sit down, Commandant. It is Commandant Fritz Schickelgruber, the new oversight placed on the ship by the Luftwaffe to oversee progress on the Death's Head's prime directive. He is energetic, Bavarian, and, because I do so love a picnic, completely incompetent. Thank you. Uh, Lady Magdalena and I were merely going over new schematics for the grapple cannon. Just a few more torque calculations, Commandant, and it should be operational once we get the prototype built. Uh, yes. Oh, you people and your numbers. I was just stopping by on my way to the galley. I wanted to supervise the preparations for my breakfast tomorrow. The captain's mess is, I assure you, uniformly excellent. I happen to have very high standards, especially when it comes to Bayerische Weisswurst. Sorry? Hello? Bayerische Weisswurst? Bavarian white sausage? Oh, Bayerische Weisswurst, yes. Uh, delightful. It must be made fresh and cooked very quickly in white wine. I have needs, you see. That's admirable. If only I were so discriminating. Or I. Well, carry on. Mm, yes, goodbye, sir. Thou twit. And as Magdalena and Baron von Grupp hash out an uneasy piece, we are left to wonder, what is he still keeping from her? What? Nothing. What schemes does he continue to plot? There are no more schemes. Come on. Just between you and me? You'll tell everyone if I tell you. Tell everyone what? And now we join the heroes of our tale, long neglected as they are. No kidding. The crew of that brave little airship, the Feathered Beagle, have dashed away to parts unknown to escape from the clutches of their pursuers. We're trying to get out of radar range. Nash has the crew searching the ship. He thinks Grup might have had his bug somehow. Georgina Purcell, mechanical genius. Thank you. Hunches over her workbench, hard at work at... What are you building? What is that? Uh, just the remains of the robot we found on the ship. You mean the one you bludgeoned to death with your wrench? Spanner. Hello, Nash. Hello, George. You know, it can't really be said to be alive in the first place. Eh. So, I mean, did I really take a life? Irrelevant. What are you doing to it? I'm rebuilding it. Oh, great. It'll just attack us again when you turn it on. Typical American attitude. You think I haven't been fixing it. 
These things have brains, you know. Aye, but actual brains? No, electrical ones. It's... this one's pretty rudimentary. It looks like this thing was designed to receive radio transmissions directly from Grub. Here, look. George, levers open the chest plate of the mechanical soldier. Eerie. That's where it's hard ought to be. Wait, you know where the heart goes. Low Taggart. Low Captain. George. Hey. Ruff. Men have yet to find a thing, Nash. They've combed every inch of this crate, and there don't appear to be much of a possibility that there are any more of those robots around. Maybe we have lost him. Aha! Found the line and just let me... Yes! What are you doing? Just making the world turn a little bit slower. There. Which means the solid hydrogen thing is out for now. We'll just have to go with liquid fuel. The hell? Who is that? That must be Grupp. What are you talking about? I think I caused the connective relay to broadcast when it wasn't supposed to. Well, who's he talking to? Hard to say, but all I know is Grupp is talking out loud near the transceiver. What a remarkable occurrence. Honestly, Bladebot, sometimes I wonder if this is all worth it. Don't talk that way, sir. I mean, would I really be good at ruling the world? If you're trying to fish for compliments, Baron, it won't work. What? You're the world. This new prototype is the one that'll work for certain. The best part is, Bladebot, I didn't make the rocket airtight. They don't need to breathe. What is he on about? You'll get compliment from me there, sir. A fine, fine notion. I figure we set up there for the next few months, build the moon fortress, right? Right. Stock up the place, fill it with soldiers, then prep it for humans. Make it airtight, filled with air and plants. Then, with this mobilization going on right now, I mean, there's going to be a war. I can smell it. What does war smell like, Baron? Entrails? Money, Bladeborn. Contracts and steel. I know you think it's a silly thing, but humans love money. Even me. But it's only a means to an end, you know. Of course. Complete world conquest. So first we run this fool's errand for Magdalena. We kill the American, we get the check. We go to the moon. Built up. Right. Then we get fat off this war. We sit it out. And then, while the world is panting, boom! From the moon base. Platoon after platoon sent down in rocket pods. Deep space deployments of entire robot battalions. You'll need to upgrade their logic cores. And to build more commanders like you. But you, Bladebot, my first and best creation. You shall be that general. How does that strike you? I experience joy on a profound level, sir. I am so happy I could eviscerate a large animal. Uh, I think I've heard enough, George. Taggart, gather the crew. Within five minutes, the whole crew has assembled before Nash. Gents, no doubt you're aware we're in a good deal of trouble. Now you know what I know. This grub fellow has bigger fish to fry than us. We're just one last item to check off his list before he... I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Before he conquers the moon. I, I know that sounds impossible, but this is serious business. He wants to take over the world, and, well, as pirates, we exist by bouncing between the free places of the globe. Paris, New Orleans, Hong Kong. If Grupp wins out, those places won't be free anymore. No more French women. No more Jamaican rum. No more of those weird pastries in New Orleans. Yes, Taggart. Now, the reason we are pirates is because we none of us have much respect for government. No, we don't! That's why we do what we do. And with a lunatic like Von Grubb, I suppose the impulse would be to let the governments of the world handle them. 
But when's the last time those governments did anything right for their peoples? What was the Great War? What is this depression? If there's a fix to be found, then it's on us to provide it. The free men and women of the air! Yes! We're a little boat. And Grupp Zeppelin is, by accounts, a great and gun-heavy ship in a line. But where I come from, we have a saying. A bull can break its leg in a gopher's hole. That's a weird saying. Hush, Fenwick. Yes, sir. We're the only folks that know what Grupp is up to. And right now, we're in his sights. So for now, we run. We run, we regroup, and we mobilize. We can't take him straight on. A lot of us will have to come at this sideways way we've always done. We can't let this nutter take over the world. That's not the pirate way. Now, we're going to make one last stop in Kandahar before we head off into the Himalaya. And if any of you want to get out and get off, he can do so then. You can take your severance pay and we have done with you. If I have you, then I have you wholeheartedly. And anything less will hurt the fight. If you stay on the Beagle, though, you're with me. I'm with you, Captain. As am I. You cannot do this on your own. So there's that. Who else will stand with Captain Nash, you great lot of Wazaks? I will. I will. I'll think about it. I mean, I will. So it is then. We will fight. But first, we will run away! Three chairs for the Captain. Hip hip huzzah! Hip hip huzzah! Hip hip huzzah! And so, a fleeting moment of hope for our heroes. But can this ragtag band of air brigands hope to stand against an unstoppable wall of ordnance and war profits? The massive arsenal of Baron von Gruff's death's head? Does Nash have a plan? Does he ever? Find out next time when we continue with yet another unrelentingly entrancing episode of Sky Pirates! Un futuro brillante empieza con un estilo de vida saludable. Y la pirámide alimenticia le ayudará a encontrar el balance correcto de todo lo que usted y su niño necesitan. Granos, vegetales, frutas, aceites, leche y carnes y frijoles. Me voy a portar bien. Solo hay que comer bien, ser activo y lograr el balance. Eso es, Tino. Visite mypyramid.gov para saber más. Es mypyramid.gov. Este mensaje es traído para usted por el Departamento de Agricultura y el Ad Council. Sí, es verdad. Sí. Eat fruits and vegetables. Do that. You're listening to the K-Worth Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. Clayton. Y, y ahora, a break musical. Sí. I never studied Spanish. Sí. <laughs> Another man, that's the end, little girl. 
And we're back. It's the K-Word Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. Clayton. Zap out the fatteners. I'm David Reinstrom. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And we make weird noises with our mouths. For a living. I thought you were going to say for freedom. For freedom! For the emperor. Ah. 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 So this week... Space uh, Marines! What? This week, our theme on the show is airborne. Woo! Things that are in the air. <whistles> Bombs. Cheep, 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 cheep. Birds. Uh, uh, arrows? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Actually, no. Arrow would be... <laughs> right. But there are some things in the air that are invisible to the naked eye. Some things that are so terrifying that you can't even believe it. And when you hear about it, you're like, what? I can't even believe that. Like swine flu. H1N1. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, I was doing pig David Reinstrom, did you know that swine flu is spread by porculons? Tiny rogue proteins. I did not know. float through the air. Tell me more about porculons. Well, they're sentient, and they get in your throat, and then they slowly but surely turn you into a pig, like the parents in um, Spirited Away. Oh, you hate that movie. I don't hate that movie. I've never seen that movie. Oh, Princess Mononoke is the one that freaked you out. Princess Mononoke freaked the... Bejabbers? The bejabbers out of me. Yes. Uh, It turned you off from anime for a long time. It did. But then you saw Ponyo with me and Allison and Walker and Ben. And everything was made sunny and beautiful for me again. All right, good. Ponyo's good. People should see it. It was. That was less... That's Less the newest, airborne, more seaborne. More seaborne, but that's the most recent Hayao Miyazaki uh, animated film. It's an adaptation of uh, The Little Mermaid. Basically. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I mean, it is. It's, yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. It's got Tina Fey in it. I thought it was adorable. And a and Jonas brother. Yes, I, I rather enjoyed the voice acting. And the animation is kind of fantastic. Kind of fantastic. The way that they animate water is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's cool. You know what would have made that movie better, though? What would have made that movie better? More porculons. More porculons. What they did Ladies have, and gentlemen, they there is no movie. cure for porculons. <laughs> the only way to defeat them is to build an army of nanorobots. <laughs> porculons can shoot lasers out of their microscopic eyes, and the only way we can defeat them is if we build an army of nanobots. To grab them by their piggly wiggly tails. Laser. No, no. Oh, no? The nanobots also need to have lasers. 
and then they can shoot them in their piggly wiggly tails because they use those the porculons use their piggly wiggly tails as antennae to draw energy that fuels their laser eyes which are microscopic you're ridiculous this is science <laughs> i am not making any of this up except I'm, for the lies i'm leaving you <laughs> but no there was there was pork in uh in ponyo there was a yes there was ham the little girl ponyo really likes ham and every time she eats ham she goes ham and it's really cute and it's adorable all right I think it's time for it for, for, for a, a word an from official our word from our sponsors. What do you think, David? I concur ham-heartedly. Okay. Uh, then we'll be back after this short commercial message. Hi there. I'm Father Time. You may know me better as the man who made Ron Howard not cute anymore. But I'm not here today to ravage your youth. I'm here to talk to you about a burgeoning problem in our society. Bees. That's right, bees. Sure seems like they're everywhere these days. From the supermarket... There's bees in my groceries! ...to the barber shop... There's a bee in my hair! ...to 13,000 feet above the earth. Okay, is everybody ready to jump? Let's go! Whoa! up, skydiving! You're on a Okay, get ready. You're next. Well, I'm a little nervous. It, it's my first time skydiving. Here goes. Woo! Whoa! Woo! What a rush! Better open my parachute. Wait a second. This parachute is made of bees! And I'm allergic! No! Tragic. These bee encounters could have been easily avoided. How? By moving to Canada, of course. Canada, a land without bees. This message brought to you by the Canadian Tourism Board. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Eh. Eh? 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 Have you seen that music video, Canadian Please, on YouTube? No. Oh, it's wonderful. What? Is it? Oh, it's just a, it's just a, a, an encomium. No, it's a, it's just a song of praise for Canada. Oh, okay. By by a guy and a girl in adorable Mountie costumes. That's funny. I I saw. Well, I know that you want to be Canadian, please. We've got the world monopoly on trees, and we're surrounded by not one but three different seas. Yeah, I know you want to be. Canadian, I saw a video. Oh, we 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 invented insulin to combat disease. I saw a video on YouTube. Uh, where Justin Long and some other people invited Ellen Page over for Canadian Thanksgiving because she was the only Canadian that they knew. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they invite her over and they get her drunk and then they're going to cook her <laughs> to eat for their Canadian Thanksgiving. I don't think that's how it works. Because apparently they think that for Canadian Thanksgiving you need to eat a Canadian. <laughs> so they, they ate Ellen Page for dinner. Oh, I like Ellen Page. Well, she is tasty, but not in an edible way. Justin Long ate her for dinner. No. That's a true story from YouTube. <laughs> you are listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton, 90.3 FM. You are indeed. Where we talk about cannibalism. Apparently. Anthropophagy. Uh, what is thropophagy? Anth anthro 
anthros, meaning man in Greek. Oh, oh anthropophagy. Yes, I thought the you eating said of man. anthropophagy. Oh no, which is not a word that I. That was a, that was a science teacher I had in high school. An anthropophagy. Really? Yeah, she um, she taught PE. When we'd work up you just a, said she was a science teacher. This story is not hanging together. Well, she did both. <laughs> and when we, she'd make us do laps uh, in chemistry class when we had been particularly delinquent. And when we worked up enough of a lather, she would start to salt us. I hate that story. <laughs> yeah, Miss Thropophage, she was pretty bad. She was the worst science physical educator I've ever met. Of course, our, our theme this week is not cannibalism or weird, completely weird teachers that David makes up. No, she's real. Our theme, real, real our is, my theme eye teeth. is airborne. Oh, and butter. And butter, apparently. <laughs> Things that are airborne, be they, be they benign or terrifying. Mm. And I think for our next sketch, we're going to err more towards the side of terrifying. Terrifying, yet adorable. Mm. So without further uh, interruption, I think we should go into it. Here is a real-life news story. Yes. That's not made up. No. CBS Evening News. I'm Katie Couric. We are here with Ike the Hurricane. Ike, tell me about yourself. Well, first off, I just want to say that I'm real sorry to everybody in Texas. I, I didn't mean to do it. Ike, that's a very interesting story. Now, you have a lot to tell us. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing when I'm out at sea. I just sort of go along and I follow the pressure systems. And I thought I was going to hit Florida, but then I did it. I went into the Gulf Coast. And there were lots of people there, and I'm real sorry. Ike, you say pressure systems. Are you under a lot of pressure as a hurricane? Yeah. Tell me what that is like for you. High pressure and low pressure, specifically. I, now, how old are you? 17 days. Must be tough being a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I came from Africa. Most people don't understand that. That I started as a storm on the African plains, and then I went to the ocean and got real strong. Now, Ike, you're awfully big for your age. I'm category this many. Category three? Yeah, this many. <laughs> Thanks, Ike. Thank you. I just, I just wanted to see my friend, Katrina. I watched a lot of baseball in Africa, and I just wanted to see my favorite team, the Houston Astros, play. But when I got there, they canceled the game because of me. Uh, Ike, you're making the studio wet. Would you I'm please stop sorry. crying? I'm just a real emotional Ike. little boy. Ike. Okay. Ike, I want you to look at me. Now I want you to look into my eyes and say, It's going to be okay. 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 You're white, Kitty Cook. Yes. You're white. Ike, do you have any comment on the destruction you have caused in the Texas area? I just want to apologize to all the Texan people whose houses I broke. I'm real sorry. I just, I got, I'm very emotional and I can't really control myself. And then I just, 
I peed everywhere, and it just happened. I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it to open ocean in time, so I had to go. Ike, we have a family here from Shreveport, and they have a few things to tell you. I barely hit you! Um, Hello. I just want you to know that what y'all did to my hometown was, it was uncalled for. I'm, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I'm also young, Ike, and I understand what it's like sometimes not to be able to control yourself. But I just think that you need to be more responsible because you don't know your own strength and you cause a lot of people a lot of crying when you super smashed our house. I know, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I tried. I tried really hard. I think this demonstrates the importance of uh, the American family. Uh, I, where were your parents? Where was your copy of the Bible? I am, I am a collection of clouds. I cannot read. I, we just want you to know that... I'm sorry I destroyed your church. It's fine. I, you know, you are a member of our family and, and God's family and the family of the earth and the universe. I thought I was a sign of the apocalypse. I, I, I know what y'all did you couldn't control, but I just want you to be in, in the future as a storm. I want you to think about the people you affect, okay? Well, I'm, I'm done now. I'm dying now. All the rest of the states are killing me with their lack of warm water. Well, doesn't that teach you a lesson about coming on shore in the first place? I didn't want to. I'm trying to tell everyone Look, that. I, basically, we're saying is that you should stay where you belong. Which, which is where? In Africa. Oh. Okay, well, I'm real sorry that I came over. I just wanted, you know, I had an American dream, you know, making it big. And that's all I wanted. Everybody can achieve that dream, but for a hurricane, that dream should be achieved in international waters. Okay, you're you're probably right. Well, Ike, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, Billy, thank you all for coming in here today. I think we've made some real progress. This has been Katie Couric with Evening News. Thank you, and good night. I'm just sopping wet, y'all. So am I with hilarity. You are listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. You can listen online at www.kwur.com. I'm David Reinstrom. I'm David Bruno Brutman. And now we're going to take a short musical break. Not too hot, not too cold, not too neat, not too bold. When it's just right, we have sunlight, then we're home. Finally home. Home in the land of the homeless. Finally home. Whoa, what are we Yeah. 
whispers, a shadow of a horse. Faces painted black in sorrow and remorse. White cloud, black crow, crucifix and arrow. The oldest silence speaks the loudest under the deep green sea. When speech becomes a crime, silence leads the spirit over the bridge of time. Over the bridge of time. I'm walking with my family and the road begins to climb. K-Worth Theater of the Air. This is KWUR 90.3 FM. Clayton. Boop. And, and uh, yeah, it looks to be like it is getting on the end of our show, doesn't it? It sure sounds like it. Yeah. Play that funky music. David, sure, it, Davidian boy. It sure sounds like it indeed. I was going to say, I was, I was trying to think of a part of your ethnicities that would have fit that syllable count. But I couldn't. I couldn't scramble to one that fit properly. Yeah, it's it's none of them. No, none of them is the answer. Because I was thinking, there's this um, this Riders in the Sky song where they take a they do a little break in the middle, and someone says, "Play that funky music, Slovenian boy." And I could do it with me because I'm Lithuanian, and that's the proper number of syllables. But it doesn't work with you. Okay, credits. Uh, let me read uh, the credits for Sky Pirates. But first, let me tell you that this week, uh, the KWUR Theater of the Air was produced by your humble hosts, David Brunel Brutman and David Reinstrom. That's me and he. Me. He. 
me? Sky me? Pirates this week starred Evan Kuhn as Fritz Schickelgruber and our humble announcer, Alexander Nicole Jensen as Lady Magdalena von Schwarzhofen, David Brunel Bruttmann as Klaus von Grupp, oh, Kareth Parashak, that's you, as George, Michael Giserni as Taggart, Alice Sheldon as the terrible blade bot, and me, David Reinstrom as Captain Gulliver Nash and Admiral Nelson. Righto, our choreographer this week was Charles Lindbergh. Baron Manfred von Richtofen was our style coordinator. He knit us these lovely scarves. They are quite really. natty. They, they're just just beautiful scarves. And our intern this week was Amelia Earhart. Uh, she left. She left to get some coffee. Yeah. And we haven't seen her. She did not come back. She just didn't come back. I'm kind of peeved. Amelia, you're fired. Don't come back. We don't want you. We we will put all of your stuff in a cubby. Uh, we'll take all the stuff out of your cubby and we'll we'll mail it to your house. Yeah. Don't don't, don't come back. And don't call or anything. We no. don't want to we don't want to hear it. You're lost to us forever. Our opening theme was provided by Peter McConnell and this ending music that you're listening to now, Pickles on the Elbow, was composed by Mark O'Connor. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I guess that's about it, Dave, don't you? We're done. What am I going to do with all that butter? If I dream about that butter, what am I going to do? Yeah. It's like that Maury Sendak thing, right? Like like the night kitchen? The night kitchen? Yeah, it's this uh, Maury Sendak picture book. But if I dream about it, should I make like a whole bunch of a whole bunch of dream pies? Because I was talking to a friend, and we were going to make cube pies, and it was going to be the greatest thing ever. Cube pies, Dave. Pies shaped like a cube. A cube of pie. That's not a real thing. It will be a real thing. I will dream it into existence. Oh, you watch, mister. You watch.